Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. PHMX Coyotes podcast. Don't forget to hit that like button, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and leave us a five-star review. I'm Leah here with Petey and Craig, and in a dramatic twist of events, we are joined by Bob McKenzie live from an en-route location. Bob, are those um, the pearly the gates behind you? <laughs> uh, pretty much. That's my aura. Um, no, I'm uh, the, the 401 through uh, the greater Toronto area. I mean, if you were watching the uh, Canadian Open Golf at all, uh, they talked about Toronto area traffic. Well, I'm almost an hour outside Toronto right now, but uh, really bad accident on the 401 and uh, did not allow me to get to where I needed to get to to do this show in better surroundings. But uh, the en route with its Popeyes and its Burger King and its Subway and its Tim Hortons <laughs> and its Starbucks. What more uh, could you ask that's for? That's all you need. <laughs> Here we are. So we managed to get a signal and we're here and uh, let's get it done. Awesome. Well, we appreciate the flexibility and we also appreciate it because it's a busy day for you. You obviously released your um, TSN top 96 final rankings. You're always one of the last to do the rankings. So we appreciate you making time for us on that day specifically. So thank you so much. But I guess we want to know from you to start, um, besides obviously today and this week, what have you been up to the past year since we talked to you around this time uh, last summer? Not a whole heck of a lot. I'm more outsider than insider now. Um, <laughs> don't really, you know, I do the World Junior Championship, so December and January is a busy month for me. Um, these draft rankings take a significant amount of time to put together, and I do a preseason ranking in September, late, late September, early October. I do a midseason ranking in January. I do a little mini draft lottery edition um, in, in May, April, late April, early May. And uh, then these final rankings. And uh, other than that, I do, uh, I'll do. i be doing free agent frenzy next, a week Saturday on July 1st, Canada Day. And uh, I do trade deadline day. Um, I have four Toronto Maple Leaf games in studio for our regional broadcast at TSN, and that's basically it. So everything I do for TSN has a start time and a finish time. And it's not like the old days where I had to work 24-7, seven days a week for 10 months of the year. Um, so it, life's good. Um, I'm golfing more than I'm talking hockey, but uh, on a day like today and this past week, uh, it's been very busy. Bob, before we get into the nuts and bolts of this draft, I am curious for the process behind this list. I'd imagine it's countless conversations. I, if, if you could take us inside, let us know how the sausage is made. 
You know, from back when I was editor-in-chief of the Hockey News back in the 1980s, one of the things people don't realize now is how, I don't want to say how little draft coverage there was back in the 1980s. I want to say how there was none. And I, I virtually, I mean virtually none. Um, regular beat reporters really didn't pay any attention to the draft back then. Uh, the draft was a big event in terms of the convention style where they'd have it on the, the, the draft floor at an NHL arena. But in the grand scheme of things, there was no information about the prospects. There was outside of Kyle Woodleaf, who did Redline Report, which was a private service that teams or consumers could purchase. There was no mainstream thing. And, and now you see the kind of work that Corey Pronman and others do at The Athletic. You see the Craig Button, who does his mock draft and our, our, a lot of our stuff at TSN and just the reams and reams and reams of detailed data on all the prospects. None of that existed. So I decided back in the, uh, the, the mid-80s that I wanted, I was a bit of a draft geek. And uh, so I started doing a little bit of a profile. I think the very first one I did, I might have done like profiled six or eight um, prospects for that draft. And uh, it, it started, we started to expand it to the point in the 19, late, later in the 1980s, um, where we did a full-blown um, standalone publication and back then I, I started the process of I, I couldn't I was too busy to go out and scout junior hockey players or go to Europe or whatever so I had good relationships with NHL scouts and I, I got information from them and I used that information to create uh, a draft list and a ranking list and so now it's still basically done the same way it's a little more sophisticated but not a whole heck of a lot more um, and uh, I survey 10 National Hockey League scouts uh, that know the players inside out, and I get a numerical evaluation for those players, ask okay. them for their top 80 or 90, and uh, then we put it all together and uh, come up with a consensus ranking. How much detail do you get on the players within that evaluation? Do you get just talking points for each of the players? Well, the thing I'm most interested in right out of the gate is I just want that numerical evaluation. Once okay. I get that, um, I don't need to get bogged down or burdened with a lot of detail on why they have a player here. That I do investigate that after the fact, but in terms of creating the list, the first pass is just to get the, the numbers straight. And I get the numbers straight, and then I go back and drill down on specific players, specific issues, and what have you, to try and get a better feel for the draft process. And that's why I've never billed myself as a, a true draft expert. Um, I'm not like Craig Button or Corey Promman or any of the guys or any or any of the NHL scouts who go out and and watch these guys day in day out. Um, don't do that. I'm certainly not going to do that now that I'm semi-retired. Um, <laughs> but I am gonna. I I do have the relationship with enough National Hockey League scouts and the trust of them to to share information without really sharing information. Well, now that you've you've compiled your list and you've had the opportunity to talk to all these scouts, can you give us kind of the the big picture overview of what the 2023 draft looks like, maybe in comparison to some of the more recent drafts and what are its major characteristics? Well, I'll start off, let's call it for what it is. It's the Connor Bedard draft. There's yeah. so much excitement about that, as there should be. Um, he's an exceptional player. I don't know. I keep telling people, I don't know what he's going to be in the National Hockey League, but whatever it is, it's going to be really good and special. 
um, because he's 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 not as big as Mario Lemieux. He's he's not Eric Lindros. He's he's not as fast as Connor McDavid. He's not the physical specimen that a lot of first round picks are. Um, but he's got a shot like Austin Matthews. He um, has a high level of creativity. And the biggest thing he's got is is what I call a sense of occasion. And that is when the light lights shine the brightest. He does his best work, and we saw him mm. at the World Junior Championship. No draft eligible player has ever dominated the World Junior Championship the way Connor uh, the Connor Bedard has. Um, not Connor McDavid, not anybody. The closest comparison would have been Wayne Gretzky as a 16 year old, um, and the World Junior was a much different thing back then. But nevertheless, that's what makes Bedard unique. Um, what makes him special, and um, it's the Bedard draft. But then the next level of the big picture of this draft is that the next four, five, six guys are very, very good. They're, they're in their own right, exceptional talents. So many of them might have been the, you know, the, I, I've got scouts who would tell me that Adam Fantelli, Leo Carlson, maybe Will Smith, Matt Bay-Michkov, depending on the, the whole Russian factor and the international man of mystery stuff that goes with him, <laughs> that maybe any or all of those players would have been taken ahead of your Slavkovsky last year. And that's not the damn Slavkovsky with faint praise, but that's just how strong this draft is. And the scouts are really enthused about the first 10, 15, 20 guys. Um, players are going to be, uh, teams are going to be getting a lot of good players in this draft. So one of the other big storylines you just mentioned is that Matt Bay-Michkov situation. Um, kind of a wild card in this draft. You noted in your story this morning he will be in Nashville, you know, maybe as soon as tomorrow or Saturday. What are the risks and rewards for going after someone like Michkov? And in your mind, how do you see this playing out? Well, that's a good question. Um, you know, yeah, my understanding is he's going to arrive in the United States probably tomorrow if he hasn't already. Um, and that he's expected to be in Nashville by Sunday or Monday, but he's going to be in a position, I believe, on Monday and Tuesday to do what's already been scheduled, and that is a lot of interviews with teams. Um, the first thing you have to understand about Michkov is wherever he's selected, he's an elite prospect. And I would go so far as to say he is the most elite prospect to have the fewest number of live viewings NHL general managers, NHL executives, NHL chief scouts, and uh, outside of those scouts that are that live and are based in Russia. Um, because of the geopolitical situation, because of the war in Ukraine, uh, the, 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 the Russian aggression on Ukraine, um, NHL personnel cannot travel freely to Russia right now. Um, and therefore, we're talking about a player who could be a franchise player in the National Hockey League, and yet it's it's less than a week before the draft and virtually nobody's interviewed him. The, nobody's seen him play live this year. When I say nobody, none of the general managers or uh, director of player personnel or head scouts who are going to be making the final call on whether to take him or not, they haven't seen him play live this year. They didn't see him at the World Junior Championships because Russia was excluded because of the sanctions. So it, it, do they know this player? as intimately as they know the other elite players, I would say, no, they don't. And that's why these interviews are going to be so, so important here over the next number of days. Um, by, you know, by all accounts, based on where he was as a 16-year-old, how he played over the course of this year, um, you know, he's right in the same conversation with Connor Bedard in terms of goal-scoring ability. Um, but there are a lot of really good players like Adam Fantelli, Leo Carlson, Will Smith, um, 
Ryan Leonard, uh, Dalibor Dvorsky, David Reinbacher, and any of these teams that are picking in the top five, six, seven, eight have to decide what risk or exposure do we have on Mitchkov? He's under contract till 2026. That in and of itself is not a total deal breaker because Vladimir Tarasenko when the St. Louis Blues drafted him, they knew they weren't going to get him for a few years. Evgeny Kuznetsov when the Washington Capitals drafted him, they knew they weren't going to get him for a few years. That might be one of the, 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 the smaller impediments from a pure hockey perspective. What they want to ask Mitchkov is, you're not going to sign an extension in, in Russia, are you? Um, you want to play for our team that, you know, the worst thing that could happen for a team would be to say, we're going to take them, we take them, and then the kid turns around and signs another three-year extension beyond the three years that he's got. I'm not, not suggesting that'll happen, but boy, if you're an NHL team, you better have reason to believe that's not going to happen. Um, because otherwise, it's uh, especially when Leo Carlson or Adam Fantilli or Will Smith or any of these other top prospects are available to you just for the taking. So that's the kind of dynamic that teams are going to have to go through. And obviously ownership would have to get involved in a call like this. Most picks, the general manager gets to make the pick and the owner isn't even involved. In this one, because it's a Russian player at this time, given the current situation of the world and all those other factors we talked about, ownership's got to make the call on this. Yeah, when I, and I look at Bill Armstrong, if he has a meeting with, with Mitchkov and Mitchkov says, you know what? Arizona's not one of my top five teams. If if you pick me, Bill, I'm I'm not coming. Well, that definitely changes the perspective of the Coyotes. But when I look at the the X factor of Mitchkov, the Coyotes picking at six and at twelve. What I'm hearing from you though is this being a top heavy draft at six and twelve. Coyotes fans can expect that the Coyotes can get two pretty good players at six and twelve. Uh, two outstanding players at six and twelve. To be honest with you, um, you know, and and you're right. Um, Let's just go back for a second. So everybody's trying to handicap where Mitchkov's going to go. And let's assume that because because Bedard, Fantilli, Carlson, and Smith are viewed so highly, people kind of assume that, or, or you know, if there's an outlier, whether it's a, a Ryan Leonard or a David Reinbacher or a Dalibor Dvorsky, that he's not like, Mitchkov is not likely to go in the top four picks. Could but no, I shouldn't say he's not likely. I don't know what San Jose is going to do, but it, let's let's presume for a moment that he doesn't go in the top four picks. And people speculate, what will Montreal do? Don't really know. What will Arizona do? Well, I don't think Arizona's in a position where they can afford to have a great degree of uncertainty with really good players on the table. The other thing about Arizona is, is I think Bill Armstrong would be the first to tell you that they're, they're predisposed to try and make the Coyotes a much bigger team. Michkov's not going to do that. He would make you a better team. But as you say, if there's any element of doubt in terms of whether you're going to get him or not, and also the timetable, if you maybe the Coyotes don't want to wait three years, I don't think anybody's sitting there saying, yeah, I think Michkov's going to end up in Arizona at number six overall. Um, but Philadelphia is going through a rebuild now with Danny Breer um, taking over the reins as general manager. And then there's the Washington Capitals at number eight. Um, a lot of people believe because the Washington Capitals are the team of Alexander Ovechkin, Evgeny Kuznetsov. Uh, they drafted a Russian last year, Ivan Mirshushenko, who had illness and injury problems and wasn't going to be coming over anytime soon. But the Capitals said, doesn't matter to us. Everybody believes that the 
Mishkov, the lowest he'll probably drop is the number eight. I don't know, <clears throat> excuse me, for 100% certainty that Washington will take him. And I think it'll be important for them to have some <clears throat> conversations with him in Nashville before they make that leap to say, yeah, we, we would take him if he's there. Um, but in any case, back to the, the, the Coyotes at six, assuming Mishkov's not in the mix for them, um, we have to wait and see who the five players taken before them are. Is, is Ryan Leonard there? Is David Reinbacher there? Is Dalibor Dvorsky there? But those would all be candidates for me when you look at the Coyotes at number six, especially if they want to get bigger because uh, Dvorsky's a, a, a good-sized centerman. Um, Reinbacher is a, you know, a six-foot-two defenseman, and um, Leonard's not um, – a huge guy, but he's got a billing as a power forward, even though he's only five foot eleven. But at 190 pounds, he plays very big and he plays hard and he plays mean. And he scored 50 goals on that U.S. under 18 team this year. So that's kind of the universe that they're looking at at six. And then at 12, they're going to get another really good player. Just one more question on Mitch Cop before we dive into some of those players that that you just mentioned. Um, I don't know how much you've taken the temperature of NHL execs or scouts. How much concern is there around Mishkov now? And and I, and I guess these interviews could alleviate some of that, but how much trepidation do you sense right now on the part of NHL executives? Um, I think I think there's some teams that would say, no, we're not going to do it. We're not under any circumstances. I think there were some teams who would say, um, depending on where they're in the draft, it's a no-brainer. He's a really good hockey player. You've got to presume at some point in time, whether it's three years from now or whatever, that he's going to want to play in the National Hockey League. And when he does, he's going to be great. Um, then there are others who say, you know what, he's, he's a really good player, but he's not the fastest skater in the world. Um, he's not a big guy, um, but he's got sublime goal-scoring ability. Um, maybe the, along with Connor Bedard, might be the best pure goal-scorer in the draft. And, and keep in mind, when these two guys went head-to-head, at the under-18 World Championships in 2021 in Texas, it was very much a 6-5 pick of Mr. who was going to be the number one overall pick in this draft. But, um, you know, he did have some injury problems this year. Um, there were some circumstances off the ice that he couldn't control, a tragic one. His dad his dad passed away under very mysterious circumstances. Yeah. Um, and so he's, as, a, as you would expect, a teenage kid who just lost his dad recently, he's still processing that. Um, it's got to be a, a really traumatic experience for him. And, um, and then there's been stuff written or said in Russian media, um, people questioning his character or whether he's selfish or is he a team guy and all those things. So there are elements of his, his whether it's his game or his personality, that to what I just said earlier and what you just reinforced, these interviews are going to be very important because these NHL personnel have not had a chance to sit down and talk to them like they have the other players in this draft. And, and that's an important part of the process for, for all these kids. When, they, when these guys go to the combine and they do like a gazillion interviews, NHL teams really want to get to know them. And, and it's a little different, the access to people who know like if they if, if teams want information on Will Smith or um, Leo Carlson or Adam Fantilli, there is no there's an endless supply of people they can yeah. go to in their universe to get that information. Not as easy with Meechkoff, and that's why these interviews are going to be very important. All right, let's uh, take a look at some of those players that you just mentioned. Uh, 
Um, we're going to get to three that you just mentioned because I do think that, you know, they're in that range for the Coyotes, assuming none of those other players ahead of them fall. Uh, let's start with Ryan Leonard, who you just mentioned. Let's dive into him a little bit more and w- tell, basically just tell us your evaluation of him, what you know about him. Well, as I said, you know, five foot eleven, and then they say, well, he's a power forward. And you're like, how many five foot eleven power forwards are there in the National Hockey League? And not many. Um, but he plays the game so hard. He's got an NHL shot. He's got one of the best shots in the entire draft. Not, not better than Connor Bedard per se, but everybody talks about his shot. Everybody talks about how hard he plays, um, how physical he can be, um, how mean and nasty he can be if the circumstance calls for it. So, um, so that that's what we know about him, and and I can't imagine that he'll last too long uh, once we start getting into the four, five, six range. Next guy we want to ask you about is one of the top defensemen in this draft, and it's David Reinbacher. Uh, as I said, six foot two, um, great all around game. Um, not a, a pure offensive guy who's uh, going to dominate offensively, and that's not to say that he can't skate, and move the puck, and chip in with some offense. Uh, he's not a physically punishing, intimidating, shutdown defender, um, but he is. Uh, he is. Uh, above average in both the offensive and defensive side of the game. He has a chance to be a top pairing, top three defenseman in the National Hockey League, and he's the clear consensus number one for most people as a defenseman in this draft. And then we're going to go to a player that had a really good under-18 tournament, and another centerman is rumored around the Coyotes a lot, too, is Dalibor Dvorsky. What can you tell us about Dalibor Dvorsky? Dvorsky plays a really uh, mature game. Um, he's, he's a strong physical presence. He's very physically mature. He's um, got a real good mi- mind for the game. His hockey sense with and without the puck is very good. Um, think about the way the playoffs are played and how valuable it is to have size and strength and smarts in the middle of the ice. Um, not the fastest skater in the world, but by no means is he at a disadvantage from a speed point of view. The, the question that has been asked over the course of the year by a lot of people is, what's his offensive ceiling? Does he have yeah. a higher offensive ceiling? And um, and because he's been playing against men um, in Europe and, and doesn't put up a lot of points in the, the men's league that he plays in. But when he's been playing with his peers in under-18 competition or at the World Junior Championship, um, he, he's generated significant points. He was a, an underage playing at the... Uh, Ivan Holinka tournament a couple of years ago with Hiri Slavkowski and Philip Mayshar, the two Montreal Canadian first-round picks. And Dvorsky put up significant numbers with those players and, and looked not out of play with them. So um, a lot of people say it's a big five of the draft, that it's, it's Bedard and Fantilli and uh, Carlson and Smith uh, and Michkov. Um, I did have a, a bunch of scouts tell me, don't sleep on Dvorsky, that it could be a super six. All right. We want to just ask you about a couple other players for our own files uh, for the draft. Uh, one of those guys is Nate Danielson. Nate Danielson is a six foot two center for the Brandon Wheat Kings. Uh, he's number uh, 16 on our rankings. Um, and I did note in the story that he's a guy who could go higher if there's a team that puts a premium on size um, because, uh, as I say, six foot two centers, um, they're, they're hot commodities. 
Yeah. And, uh, you know, Danielson's not an elite offensive presence, but he's a good, solid, two-way guy that has some offensive ability. So I could see him going higher than 16. And, and I said the same thing about... Nope, we just oh. lost Bob for a second in that en route Wi-Fi. Yeah, I know. That's okay. We'll get try to get him back here in a second. But again, one one thing that it's been though. interesting to me now, though, of talking to Bob, is that the last three players that we mentioned, <clears throat> um, Leonard, Dvorsky, and Danielson. I know Leonard's a little smaller, but three guys that play with size. Yeah. And so I think those three players. Uh, are all going to be available f- for the the Coyotes? Some one of those guys is going to be there yeah. at, at six, and I think that that's encouraging to know that there's going to be a really good hockey player at six. Yeah, and also reading just Bob's story this morning, if you missed it, like everyone's been saying, this is the big four, the big five, but there were a few instances where people said, no, this is actually the yeah. big six, which is promising news for the Coyotes. So we are trying to get Bob back here in just a moment. Let's see if we got him back. <laughs> um, let us know if you can hear us, Bob, but we, as we work to get him back, um, definitely go check out his story. It's right up on TSN right now. Um, he tweeted it as well, and I retweeted it from my personal account, but also an in-depth dive of how he does yeah. the numerical process, which he mentioned um, earlier in our interview with him. You know, it's we're talking about big centers now, and I, we've talked a lot about some of the key players in the Coyotes pipeline not necessarily being big guys, whether we're talking about Clayton Keller or Matias Michelli or Logan Cooley, at some point, you probably have to counter that. We know love, Bill loves size anyway, but at some point you have to counter that. So that's maybe why you look at a bigger center to try and yeah, balance that out a little bit. You, yeah, you talk about, um, the, you know, uh, Logan Cooley and Clayton Keller and Michelli and the, the smaller forwards with high skill. I think they've got that They've checked that box already. I think it is time to start looking at some more size. You've got Lawson Krause. Um, you've got McBain. But if you want to have that bigger team, there are options that are going to be there at six. It's encouraging that we've been so frustrated that this team didn't pick one of the big three or the big four, depending on how you, you throw Mitchkov in there. But there are still very good players at six, more so than we're at six a year ago. And the Coyotes presumptively picked the number one best player if you redrafted right now with Logan Cooley that he may be the the number one pick so it's it's two back-to-back drafts where they're going to get very good players and here in the top 12 they're going to get two extremely good players so this is what moves the needle forward in the rebuild for sure and that's what's exciting and that's why we're asking about players like Nate Danielson that we just asked rank 16 in his rankings but as he mentioned if a team wants to go for size and draft him earlier like I think the 12 pick is just as interesting Mm -hmm. as the number 16 pick in this draft and it's a heck of a lot more interesting than getting a pick in the late 20s isn't it which yes yeah i i mean they gambled here right they they gambled that they were going to get a high pick from ottawa i understood why they were doing it at the time but it was a bit of a gamble but the difference in the value of the number 12 overall pick versus 28 i mean it's massive if you if you look at the history of the nhl draft draft. yeah especially yeah yeah, absolutely. Um, well, while we wait for Bob to hopefully try and get back on that en route Wi-Fi, um, you know, he mentioned that he's retired. He's been doing a lot of golfing. golfing and I might have to send him to Pins and Aces be, yeah. if he's not already rocking their stuff, either the apparel, but they also have amazing accessories as well, such as the that beer That Phoenix sleeve. one? But that Phoenix. The Phoenix one that we got, we the custom one there. for the Keep It 100 Golf Classic. Amazing, amazing polo. Uh, but they also, like I mentioned, the beer sleeve is amazing. Um, so check that out. You can check out 
pinsandaces.com. Use code PHNX to receive 15% off your first order and get free shipping. That's pinsandaces.com. It looks like we might have some success. Um, so should we try to bring him We're back, back in? Route. Let's see. Yes. We have can you here? hear us? I can hear you. Okay, oh, we're right. back. We're back. <laughs> Get run to A and W for a quick team burger. <laughs> some no, we've had all sorts of technical challenges today. Can you see me okay here? Yeah, we that, can hear you. Yeah, you got bits, and you're all set now for round two. We no, actually only had one more player to ask you about, Bob. So <laughs> yeah, we were close. We were I'll so let Leah close. get to that before we get cut off again. Yeah. Uh, all right, last guy we want to ask you about. It's actually a teammate of current Coyotes prospect Connor Geeky, and that's Zach Benson. Uh, Zach Benson is a, uh, a little bit of undersized, 5'10", 5'11", but an incredible uh, engine, as the Spence like to call it. His motor revs really high. Unbelievably skilled. Um, top 10 talent all day long. Um, and because his engine revs as high as it does, he is he's famous for getting to the inside, to, as the scouts like to say, to the dirty area to score goals and make plays. And, um, you know, there, there might be some scouts that back off on the size a little bit and maybe he slides out of the top 10. But uh, if he does, it, it shouldn't be too far because I just think this is a player that uh, is, is so gifted offensively. He's so creative and he's got such a burning desire to, uh, to play a lot bigger than he is. Some scouts do worry that because he plays as hard as he does at that size, is the durability going to be there? But I think in the grand scheme of things, there's just too many offensive tools to ignore. And that uh, if he doesn't go in the top 10, it won't be much, uh, much later than that. Bob, with this ranking and these numbers, this draft more than any other feels like really unsure about what's going to happen, partly because of Mitchkov. And clearly we know Bedard's number one, but from two, three, four, all the way to the Coyotes pick at 12, there's, depending on size, position, and what you want, there's a lot of things that could happen in that first 15 picks, do you think? Uh, yeah, 100%. It's because there's so many options. Uh, there really is. There's so many good players. Now, there's not a ton of defensemen. Um, as we mentioned, Reinbacher is number eight on our list, could go higher. Uh, Axel Sandin Pelica is number 14 on our list. Um, and then after that, um, you do get a run on defensemen ranked outside our 15, top 15. Um, you've got uh, Dmitry Simashev, a big six foot four defense first Russian defender at 19, but maybe the Russian factor comes into play there a little bit. You've got Tom Willander, a, a Swedish two way defenseman who's number 20 on our list. And then you've got um, uh, a, a Russian defenseman, Mikhail uh, uh, Gulyayev, undersized at 5'10", but uh, still a, you know, a really talented guy. So th that's the, the, the question mark in terms of the number of defensemen, but there's going to be a lot of personal preference. You want a big guy, guys like Danielson and Hanzik can move up. Um, and, and for that matter, there's a lot of small guys in this draft who could go a lot higher than the ranking on our list. I think of uh, Andrew Crystal, who plays for the Kelowna Rockets. He's a very good friend of Connor Bedard's um, uh, from the same, uh, from Vancouver as well. Uh, and he's, he's, I'm not saying any stretch of the imagination is Connor Bedard, and he didn't have a very strong U18 in April. Um, and it kind of went down a little bit, but, and, he's, and he's small, he's only 5'9"-ish or so. But he's in that universe of skill that 
you know, at least in the same solar system as Bedard in terms of scale along with Benson, another British Columbia kid. Um, Gavin Brindley, who plays at the University of Michigan, he's five eight and a half, but he's got the, uh, a heart that the scouts are absolutely raving about, saying the kid's a warrior, and we've got him at number 30 on our list. You know, he could go a lot higher than that, but he's five eight and a half, and uh, and we saw in these playoffs, there's always a premium put on size, but we also saw the Conn Smythe Trophy winner, Jonathan Marshall, so isn't the biggest guy in the world either. So it's a balancing act, and different teams have different uh, needs and desires, and uh, whether position comes into it at some point in the draft, or it's a size question, or some teams need an injection of skill, and that's when they start looking, it doesn't matter the size of the draft. All right. Well, Bob, we can't thank you enough mm-hmm. for your time, for being flexible, for calling us from yeah. a, an en route um, along the 401 there. <laughs> and yeah, sincerely, we appreciate your time and your insight as always. So thank you. Well, sorry there were as many challenges as we ran into, but uh, <laughs> yeah, such is life on the 401. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Get home so much, Bob. Yes. Thank, thank you. Thanks so awesome, guys. Thanks for having me. Thank Take you. Care. Appreciate it. Awesome. Well, thank you so much to Bob McKenzie, not only for, I mean, for it's like trifold because not only did he join us on the day that his rankings came out, he was downtown Toronto in the TSN studio this morning. He had a meeting that ran late, got stuck in the 401 traffic. If you've ever been to Toronto, it's as bad as LA. That is not an exaggeration. Um, So to call us from a rest stop is amazing. And we are so incredibly grateful that he uh, lent us 30 minutes of his time. So Bob, thank you so much. Um, I know a lot of people wanted to know about Bobby Margarita, but we're Got to tell you about Illegal Pete's margaritas because that's where our loyalty lies. Um, Illegal Pete's has some of the best margaritas and good thing because every week, Margarita Monday at Illegal Pete's, exclusive to Arizona locations, $3 margs all day, every Monday. Nothing brights up that Monday mood more than soaking up the sun with a few margaritas. And don't forget about Taco Tuesdays, $2 tacos all day, every Tuesday. Enjoy your favorite chicken, pork, and veggie tacos for just two bucks. Swing by and start your week off the right way at Illegal Pete's. And as always, get the queso. That's all I'm going to say. All right. Well, let's chat about what Bob had to say. I think we should start actually by just reading through quickly his top 15 um, list this morning, which we have here. Um, So obviously at number one, there's Connor Bedard, two, Adam Fantilli, three, Carlson, kind of, you know, same old, but then you move on. You got Will Smith, number four, Matt Bay Mitchkov at five, Ryan Leonard at six. That's the coyote um, spot. Right yeah. There. And by the way, the, this is by no means a mock draft. This is simply rankings based on his. No, and Craig Button will have a mock draft on TSN yeah, tomorrow. tomorrow. So. Um, seven is Dalivor Dvorsky. Eight is David Reinbacher. Nine, Zach Benson. Ten, Gabe Perot. Eleven, Matthew Wood. Twelve, Colby Barlow. Thirteen, Oliver Moore. 14, Axel Sandin Pelica, and 15, Braden Yeager. Um, I'm just reading the top 15 for the sake of where the Coyotes are picking. Again, if you want to go read the whole list, you can go on TSN's website, or Bob um, tweeted it earlier today as well. Um, But any just takeaways from anything that Bob had to say? I'm just, uh, first of all, I'm glad we got to ask about some players that are right in that range where the Coyotes are going to be picking at six. It's, I mean, it's, it was planned. We, we actually have some intelligence on this show to, (laughs) to, to, uh, have some salient content, but 
I, I'm just I'm fascinated by the Mishkov thing. Like I, I hear new every t- every person I talk to, I hear another point made, and I am really fascinated how this is going to play out, and and all those conversations that he's going to have at the at the draft with teams. Now this is this is a lot of times like the first conversation with them in more than a year, and like you said, nobody has seen this kid play live in more than a year. So it's insane to have it come down to, I mean, your decision could hinge on this interview, right? Oh, he convinced me in this interview. Haven't seen him in a year. We've got all these intangibles. It's just, a, it's a situation like I've never seen before in the draft. And, and when you go to the Coyotes too, it, it, they're going to ask him, would you come here? And if the answer is no, to Bob McKenzie's point, the Coyotes can't miss nope. at six. I agree. So if there's any uncertainty from the kid, I mean, this is my belief, not theirs and their scouting, or I don't know where they have them ranked at the Coyotes room, but if there's any of that uncertainty that I'm going to resign or I'm not playing for you, you cannot risk that pick at six. That's my opinion. Now, they may look at it as this kid is potentially the second best player in this entire draft, but we're going to roll the dice at six. That would surprise me. Um, so I think this, the, the biggest question mark of this 2023 draft is Mitchkov because we've talked about Will Smith since when? December? Yeah, when we put... And we said, no, there's no... And then we can start going, oh, there's no way at five. and He'll be in top five for sure. And then you don't know. If somebody's valued Reinbacher and needs a defenseman more than they need Will Smith at the middle of the ice, Will Smith could still be the Coyotes pick at six. Could be. And you and I have both had conversations with people who said, well, Reinbacher might not last the top five. So there's some feeling there too. Look at what happened last year when New Jersey jumped up or they took Nemich and then all of a sudden all these players were sliding down and the Coyotes are sitting at three right. with more choice than we ever thought they would. The same yes. exact thing could happen That's with Reinbacher. Yeah, yeah. So you, you're talking about Leonard, which we've talked about. We've tied Reinbacher, Dalibor Dvorsky, Will Smith. Like, There's going to be a very good player. Better than players at six over the last four, five, six years. This is a better draft. Yep. And so I think that the, this number six pick coupled with a guy that was number one redraft from last year with Logan Cooley. This is what you need to have happen to have longer term success. So I'm really excited. And you know what makes it more fun is you just don't know the uncertainty going into this draft makes this a lot more fun. Other than Connor Bedard, I'm really not sure on what happens from two through two fifteen. So it's going to be fun. And again, I wonder about size. I wonder if they start thinking we need, we need to get bigger up the middle. Uh, I mean, I'm not saying Logan Cooley is small, He's just a shade under six foot, but I know size matters to Bill. In uh, in like we like like Bob said, when you get to the playoffs, what are you looking for? Dvorsky is an interesting player in that right, and and I've 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 heard evaluations of him all over the map, which is a little concerning. Some people don't think that he has that offensive upside to be a top six center, but like Bob said on the show, when he's played against his peers, he's put up very good numbers. So another guy to consider at that spot. Yeah, it's it's funny because, and I said this earlier already, but just how everyone that said, oh, it's the top five and the Coyotes are on that outside bubble looking in. But the more and more we talk about this, the more I'm just happy the Coyotes are in the top 10 at this point. Like <laughs> th- we've already heard this draft be touted to be one of the deepest drafts yeah. um, in in the past few years. So and, and even what Bob said about how Carlson, Fantilli, Mitchkov, all those guys last year would have been 
number one. Um, and that just goes to show, I think, the talent depth because, you know, it's not always apples to apples comparing number one picks across all the years. It certainly isn't this year. So then when you look at, you know, all those guys spread out over this draft class, like the Coyotes are going to get a really good player at number six. And I'm really excited. And at this point, I'm sure we've talked about the guy they're going to pick. Um, we don't know, but I'm sure we've talked about him. Um, Probably. But I have I don't know what direction they're going to go, but I have faith that it will be the best choice for Blake the Wheeler? team. <laughs> I remember that day. I was thumbing through my 100-person draft guide like, who, who is this guy? Like, I don't think you can do that anymore. I, I think with, with the social media and the worldwide right. the world like shrinking every Zetterberg year. Zetterberg and Datsuk going as late as they yeah, did. That's just that, just doesn't that would happen. never There's happen not, now. Yeah. I, uh, somebody come up with a surprise kid at, at, in the top the top 20 would There's be There's always amazing. someone who jumps into the first round, but Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. But but it's going to be someone that we've heard of, I think. Maybe. We'll yeah. see. Yeah, we will we'll see. see. I, on, on the note of a deep draft too, I, when I was talking to Dan Marr, who's the director for central scouting for the NHL, he said he thinks this draft is 50 to 60 deep before it, you wow. see a six significant <laughs> drop. And we're not talking like high-end talent 50 to 60 deep, but he does he does think there are 50 to 60 players in here before it's well, you don't know yet. That's interesting to hear. Yeah, that's very interesting, especially considering in the second round they pick at 38th overall. So they wow. have three picks. And, in and that Ryan Jankowski made that point to me as well. At 38, we think we're still getting a good player. Yeah, he, he's, it's a great haul when you think you're really you're going to get three really good players. And Don't. who knows what they'll do with those four picks in the third round? Maybe they try to move up to grab another second round. Maybe pick. there's so, oh, or fake a trade. Give us something we can talk we about. Have a trade to announce. Four and a half hour. Lie. We have a trade to announce. Boo. <laughs> Not in Arizona, though, Gary. We know you won't get booed here. Um, all right. We have a couple um, other little news and notes to get to. Um, but first, I want to tell you all about Circle K because they have the best snacks around. Obviously, they're all over the valley. And, of course, make sure you go and grab a Polar Pop when you're there um, because it is getting hot out and nothing just cools you down quite like a Polar Pop. As PD always mentions, the, this cup doesn't sweat. It fits in your cup holder. And they're just fabulous. So doesn't check out. sweat. I love that. I mean, it's, it's important. It's important. That's key. It's very important. Um, check out Circle K. Make sure you're not missing out on all this great stuff right now. Now you could check text PHNX to 31310 to join their SMS subscriber club and get a buy one, get one free offer on 32 ounce Polar Pops. Head to circlek.com slash store dash locator to find Circle K's near you. Um, yesterday was the first day of summer. I'm sure you guys noticed since you woke up with the sun and it's the longest day of the year. Um, but to celebrate the first day of summer, OGs released a brand new flavor, pink lemonade, and Sean has actually tried it. And, and said best flavor they have wow yeah orange creamsicle is unbelievable but this pink lemonade it really? honestly it it tastes like sour gummy worms and that's like a top three candy wow. for me it's it's that's flawless i was ready to eat cotton. like the entire bag but you know yeah don't enjoy your smell wow. yes um i didn't have one yesterday because i was still at work but i did take a sniff of the bag and it smelled amazing so i can't wait to try limited edition they are available now fresh tangy lemon and a hint of red berry and plenty of sugar of course so og's doesn't miss when it comes to flavor and effect get your pink lemonade gummies while you can check out og's online at ogsbrands.com and on instagram at og's brands you can also find their products at your local dispensary but you must be 21 or older to purchase all right a couple little news and notes to wrap us up here um, and we'll start with michael carconi this was an exciting one the arizona coyotes have signed michael carconi to a two-year one-way 
contract. Um, really happy for him. Obviously had a big season with Tucson last season, um, setting a, a Tucson Roadrunners franchise record in goals, assists, and points, um, and then played a few games with the Coyotes. But thoughts on this one? I just, I think he was happy. I, I got a chance to talk to him yeah. yesterday evening. I think he was, the one way was a big deal. And then to have some term, right? It's yeah. not a one-year deal. That meant a lot to him. He wanted to stay here. You saw what he said about this dressing room, best dressing room I've ever been in. Yeah, we've Everybody heard that. does. Yeah, and we've heard that from a lot of guys, how they, they get along so well and they do everything together as a big group. That's the kind of culture you want to create. He's a guy that works really hard uh, on and off the ice. I think he's a, you know he's 27 years old right now, so he's more of a veteran present when he does play games down in Tucson. But I think that his ability to fit and jump into what Bear asks of his players with his tenacity, his work ethic, and his offensive upside. Let's not kid ourselves. Two years ago, he, he played um, 21 games for the Coyotes, got six points that year. Uh, he's a guy that can help offensively, and he's going to work hard. So he fits into the mindset of a, of a Andre Turney team. I think it's a good signing whether he does provide a leadership role down in tucson at times or if he's able to help that bottom six role here um for the coyotes yeah and he is he's on a one-way so and he's not waivers exempt so my assumption is that he's playing he's here which is you know goes to you talk about zach cassian and and the moves they made there that maybe this you'd rather have a guy like this in your lineup Yep, playing in that same room. I hope I hope it's his time. I mean, he really did the most you could possibly do at an AHL level yep. last season. And I, I really, I mean, amazing guy. And honestly, he kind of reminds me of Connor Garland in a sense, a little bit undersized, someone who's really paid his dues in the American League. Um, also, friend of friend of the show. We've talked show. to him mm-hmm. quite a few times. But, you know, we saw, you know, Michelli was that guy the season before he had his opportunity to come up. We've seen what he's done. So I'm hoping for Carcone that this is now his time he's the next guy coming up from tucson not saying he's going to be michelli but to be just an everyday nhl player on the coyotes roster so it's really exciting because i was bored no it's okay it's been a day it's been a day (laughs) it has been an interesting day so far a lot going on behind the scenes um all right another piece of news um connor geeky so first of all there's a lot going on with the winnipeg ice they are no longer the winnipeg ice uh they are relocating to Wenatchee, Washington, which is southeast of Seattle, I think. Okay, not too far. Um, That was a shock to me last week or whenever that was announced. And then yesterday it comes out that Connor Geeky's coach with Winnipeg, James Patrick, was let go um, and they will have a new coach heading to Washington. Yeah, this has been in the works for a while that James Patrick probably wasn't going to be with the team past this season. I think that's this. This is a mutual thing. I know a lot of people have asked me about the relationship between Connor Geeky and James Patrick. I don't think it was the best to begin with. I think they reached common ground late last season. And part of that was Connor Geeky playing a more responsible game than he was early on. And that's what James Patrick was uh, demanding of him. Kind of an old school coach. Um, maybe not, you know, the the sort of the new wave coach that is is more of a communicator, you know, hand on the shoulder kind of thing. But... I, I think the belief is that this could be good for Connor Geeky. Obviously, we don't know who the coach is going to be yet, but yeah, but we look at. I, I this want to be say a good thing for him. One one thing, James Patrick, old school coach. Yeah. Oh, here it his comes. last year in college. Which oh, did you know where he went to college? Yeah. North Dakota. <laughs> he, so he was yep. a fighting Sioux. He he was a defenseman. Yep. Led that team in points. Who was second in points as a forward on that team? Dave Tippett. 
Wow. Ah, so he was a former teammate around. of old school hockey guy Dave Tippett. So Patrick and Tippett, one, two in scoring of the Fighting Sioux. Um, yeah, uh, we've talked about it here that a coaching change can give a kid a new life. And a coaching change, playing under certain coaches can be tough. And I, I don't know. I, I know him as yeah, a person. Yeah, I don't want to throw like. No, a, he's a great person. James yeah, he is. And he's been phenomenal in interviews with me, too. Really he's insightful great when I talk to him. And, yeah. and so they've had success in Winnipeg. They had but a great run this past Some season. players mm-hmm. play different under different coaches. That's all. Yep. And it's, it's no knock that the guy can coach or not coach or whatever. Yeah. It's just give maybe this change of scenery gives him a, a new lease. So good good for Connor Geeky. And I, and I expect he'll play another year junior before we see him here um, running through the development ranks in Arizona. Yeah, yep. absolutely. Well, it's all been draft talk today and future prospect talk, I guess, even with um, Carcone and Geeky. So I love this time of year. And we are just days away from the NHL draft. Less than a week now from round one, one week from rounds two through seven. Can't wait. And we are counting down our time in Nashville with 10 days of Tootsies. Oh, boy. And it's day nine. Day nine of 10 days of Tootsies. And I I will tell you this, Leah, I went... (laughs) This is all about self-promotion, and this is all about me. <laughs> okay. And we talked yesterday. We had a little I'm glad tease. you've learned what this industry is about, Peter. <laughs> yeah, I, I get it. it. So I, I, these are all pictures over my 20 years of, of popping into Tootsie's <laughs> for maybe one or two or ten. Um, I, that's how I go in. I go in usually on my feet on the way out. It's oh, questionable. Gosh. Sometimes crawling, sometimes on my knees. But that's a, So this is a, is a follow-up to yesterday's picture with Louis DeBrusque. This is me on the nine days of Tootsie's. 10 days of Tootsie's day nine. Day nine. This is me outside of Tootsie's. <laughs> you see how happy and excited I am <laughs> before I go in? This is me getting ready to go into Tootsie's for a lovely night. And I do need a haircut. There's no question. My my glasses might be from the 80s, even though this is probably the 2000s. a different color before you drink, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I know. This is, the, this is the before and as opposed to We will do before and afters. Anyway, that's, that's day nine of 10 days of Tootsie's. Can't wait to stop in the Orchid Lounge. Um, Mike said, can we get a Twitter thread with all the Tootsie's photos? Mike. Asking you shall receive. Yeah, I will make sure that, that goes out over the weekend. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, I can't wait to go to Tootsie's. I can't wait to get to Nashville. We leave Monday. Monday. Um, and I know a bunch of the diehards. It's almost Sunday Craig, when we're leaving. Stop it. But it what, <laughs> y'all are flying with me. I'm just You saying. had a great flight to Europe. I did. To Europe, yes. I don't. That's okay. We just need to get there. Okay. Who's our traveling? We were supposed to not fly with Craig. Right? Actually, we should have. Craig and I should have drove. We should have got. Yeah, we should have got the John. You and I should have. That would have gone well. You and I should have drove. country. How bad would it have been? It wouldn't have been that, that bad. bad. We could have done it. Driving? Yeah, we could have done the it. The music choice would have been a problem because I would have wanted to listen to old books on tape, like from the <laughs> 30s and 40s. Like Sherlock Holmes and Suspense and The Whisperer. and <laughs> 30s and 40s. What? Yes. Oh, my God. The Whistler. (laughs) No? The Shadow Knows. All right. For 32 hours? Couldn't do it? No, I couldn't do that. Over okay. under on but I do envision the bus, right? Over under. Imagine us like on a Partridge Family bus. She wants Did to people go. even know what Partridge Family yes, is, Petey? Yes, you know. Do. Okay, there Look you at go. that. Come on, get it. Over happy. under on how many drinks Petey has at Tootsie's at our first go. Nice. <sighs> set the line. I'm good. I'm just gonna oh oh the just over set, under set the line. Two. Ooh, over. <laughs> He's gonna be responsible. <laughs> He's gonna be responsible. <laughs> the the over. I can have two or three done walking in the front door. We gotta, door we gotta work, Petey. We gotta work on this trip. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, boy. Well, that's not on BetMGM. Take the over. But there's plenty on BetMGM. Um, 
pretty much it's MLB, WNBA, and I'm sure soccer but all the time. But um, go ahead, check out BetMGM, play the Swing for the Fences game daily. It's super fun. Um, and if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, make sure you use that code PHNX. There's a few different offers depending on where you live. But for our Arizona audience, you'll get up to $100 in bonus bets on your first wager with BetMGM. Again, make sure you use the bonus code PHNX. You can check out the show notes for full details. And now you can listen to Shane talk about the disclaimer. Disclaimer, 21 plus to wager. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in Washington, D.C., Mississippi, Nevada, New York, and Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369, New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP-ARIZONA, 1-800-522-4700, Kansas, Nevada, 1-800-327-5050, Massachusetts, 1-800-BETS-OFF, Iowa, 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help, Michigan. You know, it's been a week. We're you know getting ready for the draft. Uh, I think, and I know I said this yesterday, but I just want everyone's confirmation. We're drinking Four Peaks on tomorrow's tomorrow? show. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yes. It's yeah. a Friday before we go to the draft. Yeah. We did. And maybe all weekend Start as well. Start training. Yeah. So check out Four Peaks. You can buy Four Peaks wherever you buy your beer. I recommend for the summertime. It's getting hot. The wow. The peach. Amazing. Um, obviously, PD, he's always a kilt lifter, lifter guy. But whatever you choose, whatever your taste in beer is, Four Peaks has something for you. And you should also check out their street pub amazing food and drink as well there so you can check them out at four peaks brew or at four peaks pub to keep up with the latest at arizona's hometown brewery you must be 21 or older to drink four peaks and please drink responsibly all right anything else before we head out nope just look for a ghouly story for for you diehards i've got something coming on the goaltending situation both here and in the draft i did did have one uh, aiden stanky sent me a, a a dm in twitter just now and he was watching live uh-huh. from Vancouver with Bob. Awesome. And he said he wanted to point out that Bob on one of his wrists, uh, he was wearing a Humboldt strong bracelet. Oh, awesome. And Love just it. want to recognize that, that, that he was supporting that cause and, and, um, and means a lot to the people of Humboldt. He had friends that were in that team and he just wanted to say thanks to Bob McKenzie for, for recognizing and representing the, the Humboldt strong. Yeah. Great call Aiden. Thanks for pointing that out um absolutely um like craig mentioned story goalie story coming for the diehards so make sure you become a diehard so you can read that you can also get access to our discord 20 percent off merchandise events a dobson ranch card a mountain mike's 50 dollars mountain mike's pizza voucher i mean just so many perks to becoming a diehard and this box here on the table that's what you get in the mail when you become a diehard it has all sorts of goodies in it you can get a free shirt and hat every year when you sign up so join our family and become a diehard and the diehards coming on our national trip we cannot wait uh, to see you we have a ton Mm -hmm. of fun stuff planned so really looking forward to it in the meantime we have one last show in phoenix uh tomorrow same time 11 a.m before we head out and we'll get you our nashville schedule hopefully <laughs> next week, so early next week, we're still ironing out some things, but we're really excited about what we're going to be able to do there next week. So, extremely. I'm just sitting here hoping exciting. it's not live from the Phoenix airport. Shh. You guys, I, I didn't even think this. that until Craig put that you out there in the need universe. To stop this. No, it's going to go seamless. Yes. Hey, I generally speaking, have pretty good travel. Yeah, so I you have too. great. I have travel. unbelievable travel. I had a smooth trip last week. So, so. that all, all that positive energy yeah. outweighs his negative karma. And we're also like not on a complete joke of an airline. I'm not going to name names. Air Canada. Which airlines yeah. we're referring to? Air Water Canada. Canada. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can name names if you want, but I'm just saying we're not on a complete <laughs> joke of an airline. I, 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 there's, there's. <laughs> I'm not even going to get into it today. We'll have plenty of time to get into it. Let's go. I'm just saying. Let's go. It's a powerful curse.
Shh. Let's Enough. just go. Enough. Stop. We can start driving. Everybody yeah, in the chat. Could. Everybody in the chat. Thank you so much for being here. Hit the like button on this video. If you're listening on audio, be sure to leave us a review and sincere, sincere thanks to Bob McKenzie for joining us um, in crazy circumstances. But yes. we do appreciate it. You Great can follow job. us on Twitter at S Peters Hockey, at Leah Merrill, at Craig S. Morgan, at Sean underscore to pods. You can follow the show at PHNX underscore coyotes. Be sure to subscribe to the PHNX Sports YouTube channel so you never miss when we go live. Enjoy the rest of your Thursday, everybody, and we will see you tomorrow.